The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. How are you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back to the only true democracy in talk. We thank you first off for listening us to any way you listen to us or watching us. You can listen to us live on radio, on our podcast, on our stream. Of course, you can watch us on Twitter's Periscope Live, as long as Elon Musk keeps that going. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live. We love having you. And speaking of uh, joining us, uh, I love having somebody here today. I have two uh, very tight connections with this gentleman. Uh, Joining us today is Sean O'Brien. And uh, Mr. O'Brien is now general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. He is a fourth, he's got me beat on this, generation Teamster from Boston. Um, Am I supposed to say your age? It's okay to say, but but he's young. He's a young guy. He's only 50 years old. So his age is relevant because he's the youngest Teamster general president. Sworn in on March in 2022. And uh, the Teamsters Union, by the way, founded back in 1903, they represent 1.2 1.2 million workers, not just here in the United States, in Canada and Puerto Rico as well. Check out their website for Teamsters, teamsters.org. Their handle on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagrams, all the same. Follow them there at Teamsters. More than a pleasure to have with us, President O'Brien. I don't know that I can call you Sean, but welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor and privilege uh, to be on your show. And please call me Sean. Oh, okay. I'll do, I'll, I'll, like do it. I'll do it. You know, I'm not like Bezos and Musk and the rest of them, you know. I yes. actually work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I hear you. Well, Sean, um, I uh, I love that. I have to say, I was rooting for you because I'm a Bostonian. And you know how we are. We like our homies. We like, you know, we like our own people. And I also have um, s- something in common with you, which is on my mother's birth certificate, it says father's occupation teamster. My grandfather and my great-grandfather, both John Duffy, uh, worked in the shipyard in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, they were both Teamsters. On my other side, I got sheet metal workers, but still, I'm a union gal as well, so I'm, I'm very, I just was brought up with uh, that mentality, and I know you were as well. Um, so I, I want to talk about that because labor isn't just a way that you can have a union stand in the gap for workers. But labor is a movement. And I wanted to know what the labor movement and specifically the Teamsters mean to you. Well, it's given me everything in my entire life. I mean, um, you know, we were brought up, uh, like I said, my dad was a rank and file uh, worker uh, for the Teamsters Union, never held office. Um, My grandfather and great grandfather were uh, Teamster members as well. Um, It's just provided great opportunity. It's provided a great living. And like anything else, you know, being a Bostonian and coming from Boston, we're very loyal uh, to, to the things that have uh, given us the most. And, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I always knew I wanted to be a teamster. I used to get up early, third Sunday of the month. I can remember from seven or eight years old, hoping my father would ask me to go to the union meeting uh, just so I could 
you know, sit there and watch, you know, General President, uh, well, soon to be General President Bill McCarty at the time out of Local 25 conduct the meetings. I love the camaraderie. I love the fact that everybody in our family were Teamster members and then, you know, would, would be at communi community, uh, communions, uh, funerals, weddings, and all you talk about is the Teamsters Union. So it was very, very prevalent in my life. And I tell people this story because you outed me on my age. Uh, <laughs> I have had the same health insurance for 50 years. I've never had a different health plan. It's oh, always wow. been a Teamster plan. And my mother brought up three just like me. Um, and also I brought up two boys and we're all under the, uh, teams to plan. So it's been very, very good to us. Uh, my family has been able to retire and maintain, uh, the current lifestyle. My dad suddenly passed away 10 years ago and, uh, the Teamsters union, uh, because of the sacrifices of, of many that have come before us, we have a great pension and we never have to worry about my mother who's still alive and vibrant, uh, and very active and critical, um, and making certain that you know she's taken care of the rest of her life so it's been it's been great and i've always wanted to give back to this organization and uh uh we're trying our hardest to make sure that this next generation of teamsters has another 121 years to go as well i have to say um uh, first of all i'm so sorry about the passing of your dad my dad passed away as well and i it, it, it sucks there's no other way you know to say it but what doesn't suck is that what you said paints a picture with your words of why a union and why pensions and why that that family is so important. And speaking of, your family must be uh, very, very proud of you um, here and uh, up there in uh, the uh, the afterlife above. I, I want to know what you're, you know, it sounds like you've, you've always been a planner and had a lot of goals, even since you're a little kid, right? And wanted to go with your dad to the Teamsters meetings. What do you, now that you're president, general president of the Teamsters, what do you hope to accomplish? As well, I hope to accomplish a, a bunch of different things. I mean, as you, as you stated, we have goals and objectives that we are, uh, a following. I mean, during the campaign, which Fred Zuckerman, my general secretary treasurer, and our entire executive board, we were campaigning for almost three years. And we were very successful because we were transparent and also inclusive, but very focused on what the platform of the union needs to be moving forward. Look, we're one of the biggest uh, transportation unions in the world, and we can be one of the most influential. So, uh, you know, organizing is going to be a, is a key priority to us in traditional industries, you know, like freight, construction, uh, you know, industries, car haul, industries that built this union. Uh, but we also have to be innovative and look at non-traditional Teamster industries, which we've been doing and been very successful uh, in the past eight months that we've been in office. And we've uh, broken into the cannabis industry. Uh, we're organizing workers that are in the grow houses, that are in the uh, distribution of cannabis, you know, go state by state where it's legalized. So um, not just having all our eggs in one basket, we've got to uh, think outside the box. And look, I, our goal is it's a very aggressive goal, 1.2 million members right now. Uh, by the end of our term, we want to be closer to 1.5 million members. Uh, and we have the opportunity to do that because, look, as you stated earlier, there is a, uh, a thirst to organize and be unionized, uh, not just in court union uh, industries, but you've seen the Chipotle's of the world. You've seen the Starbucks workers. Now, you know, our biggest uh, goal is to organize Amazon. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Uh, somebody that needed organizing was Twitter. Maybe they wouldn't have been walking out, right? If they had somebody, uh, you know, watching out for their back. Or someone that respected their workers, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's what's tough when you get these CEOs like Bezos and 
Musk, you know, they were born on third base and they actually think they hit a triple to get there uh, when they've never worked. So um, they don't respect the people that make them the success. And that, that's corporate America in general. Yeah, I, I love I'm going to steal that line. I love that. <laughs> um, you hit the ground uh, running. And speaking of running, you've been running. I mean, you've been traveling. You've been doing a lot. Work sites, strike lines, uh, meeting with local unions. Uh, tell us some of the things that you've been doing since you took uh, office as uh, general president. And I also want to say, I'm sorry, I, I'm a little partial to this, but, you know, I I every everybody I know who is from where we are we are from. I don't know if it's cold weather, but you know when when you have a goal, so it may be an aggressive goal. I know, sir, that you will hit that goal simply because I know who you are, where you come from, and what you're made of. Because I have that in common with you. But tell us, since you you've taken office, have been elected as general president, all the things that you've been doing because you have been busy. So it's like everything else when we were campaigning. We, were, we weren't talking to union leaders. We weren't talking to anybody but rank and file members in the workplace outside the outside the gates. So what we would do is, you know, have that one on one dialogue. And, you know, once we won, we said, look, we've got to continue this momentum because that's where we're getting all of our information is from the men and women that go to work every single day in every single industry that we represent. We're actually getting a true testimonial of what's going on in the workplace, what's needed in the workplace, what needs to be improved, and more importantly, how we can be better leaders for these members. So we've had an aggressive travel um, schedule. Uh, General Secretary Treasurer Zuckerman and myself, we leave either Sunday night or Monday morning, and we are in a different state Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not talking to local leaders or, or regional leaders. We're out there in the workplaces from four in the morning till eight o'clock at night, talking to various rank and file members uh, in the industry so that we can, number one, keep a connection with our members and not lose sight of who we actually work for and who we're privileged to serve. But also we understand, and you know what, the other thing too, the employers do not like us in the workplaces. So we have a union presence again uh, throughout the whole country where, you know, everybody needs a conscience, right? So we are corporate America's conscience where our, uh, uh, our we, we keep our employers held accountable, but more importantly, we're accessible to the membership and that's who we actually work for. We can never lose sight of that. So we're on the road a lot. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I'm sure the workers not only love that, but their jaws drop, right? Uh, when President O'Brien walks in and he's in the house. We'll be back because President Sean O'Brien, General President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, is in the house. Check out the website for the Teamsters, teamsters.org. Follow them on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, the handle at Teamsters. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back after this short break. Don't go away. And we're back on Leslie Marshall. Our guest in this hour is General President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Mr. Sean O'Brien, fourth generation Teamster from my hometown of Boston. Good to have him with us. Check out their website, teamster.org. And check them out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Better yet, follow them there. A lot of information as you're hearing from President O'Brien. Teamsters aren't just truckers. I mean, you're, you're hearing about cannabis and other industries. Uh, we're unionizing all industries. Unionizing is essential to have somebody that's got your back and stands in the gap for you against those big corporations who care about greed. Uh, check them out at Teamsters. Follow them at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, President O'Brien, Sean, um, uh, thank you for holding and, and welcome back. You yourself have said the Teamsters are becoming a bigger union, a faster union, a stronger union. I've also read you said a more militant union and that that and these other things are your goals. 
What does labor militancy mean to you? Well, it means not afraid to take on the boss. I mean, you know, over the last 10 or 12 years, and I can speak specifically to my organization, uh, you know, my predecessors uh, didn't have a vision to fight, didn't have a vision to organize, didn't have a vision to uh, look outside non-traditional Teamster means. And the one thing that unions were built upon was their courage and conviction uh, to take on a fight, you know, in the 40s and 50s. Um, so I've always had this discipline and strategy that, you know, in order to move forward in the future, uh, we've got to obviously embrace, you know, what's going to make us successful in the future. But we also have to look back at history and see what made us a success and that was not being afraid to fight not being afraid to take on that fight not being afraid to strike um and so we've been very active and and very uh transparent not only to our members but also to uh the companies that we represent and who we're gonna have to fight we've been stating our intentions clearly that if you don't give our members everything that they need and want and deserve then we are going to put you on the street. We are going to take the fight to the street. And that's what happened in the 40s and 50s. That's what built labor unions, you know, having this solidarity, having everybody come together, fight as one. And you've also heard me say one vision, one direction. That's how we're going to be successful. So, um, you know, our members generously uh, have funded a $350 million strike and defense fund. Uh, and we're not afraid to utilize that uh, to leverage ourselves to get the best possible deals for our members. You talk about the 40s and 50s, and sadly, some people think about the Teamsters as if it were the 40s and 50s, right? They think about truckers. They think about a lot of guys. But that is not who Teamsters are today. I'd like you to speak a bit about your membership because I'm very impressed. Uh, You know, I've spoken to thousands of female Teamsters as well as male and female Teamsters in a room, and uh, I'm very – I'm struck by – and I admire the diversity uh, within your union. So can you talk about your membership a little bit? Absolutely. We are, we are very diverse. I mean, the easiest way uh, when people ask, you know, what are the, who do the Teamsters represent? Uh, we represent everybody from airline pilots to zookeepers and everybody in between, if that answers the question. You know, we represent, obviously, transportation, freight, UPS. We represent grocery hauls, grocery distribution warehouses. We represent a large portion of public sector employees. Uh, we re- represent school administrators, nurses, uh, and all the above. Um, so we're a very, very diverse local union. It's funny when you talk to someone, which is hard to believe, and they don't know what a union is, they'll say, are you guys iron workers, laborers? No, we're Teamsters, and who do you represent? So when you try and explain it to them, uh, sometimes it takes a little while. But uh, look, we, we have a joke that if, if a fire hydrant could be organized, uh, the Teamsters would try and sign it up, you know? So. Uh, <laughs> afraid to represent uh, any workforce. Uh, and it's not, not just blue collar. I mean, we've, we've gone after some, some white collar industries as well, um, you know, uh, school nurses and uh, also uh, town administrators, school administrators. So um, look, we're not afraid to branch out and, and diversify and keep diversifying because that's going to be necessary uh, moving forward. Absolutely. I want to talk about a a big company. A friend of mine is in this company. He's a pilot for them. His name is John, and that's UPS. And I know that the Teamsters UPS contract is uh, coming up July 31st next year, 2023. It'll be expiring. That contract alone, my understanding is that it covers 340,000 Teamster members, the single, single largest collective bargaining agreement, not just in this country, but in North America. I know Teamsters are ready to fight for a strong contract. 
at UPS, or as you said, hit that pavement, and that would come as early as August 1st of next year. So a few questions regarding this Teamsters UPS contract and the expiration coming up. First off, what do UPS Teamsters want in this contract? Well, look, UPS Teamsters, uh, I think, uh, they've been providing goods and services to this country for over 70 years. And I think uh, we have demonstrated uh, our worth and our ability to provide goods and service, especially through the pandemic. You know, our members were going to work every single day uh, with total disregard for the safety of themselves and their families when there was no vaccination during COVID. So, you know, uh, we provided, uh, just like many other Teamster Industries, uh, services to, to the public to keep America running throughout, all the while, while companies like UPS and, and others were making record profits. Uh, you know, our members, our members are fed up. They want to be uh, paid accordingly. Uh, we've got to get back some of the concessions that previous administration has given up over the last several uh, collective bargaining agreements. And look, there's a lot on the stake uh, on the table for us at stake here because we're going to utilize this next UPS contract to organize Amazon. And it's a similar work in industry workplace uh, where we have a template, a collective bargaining agreement that has all the uh, protections and uh, benefits in writing. So we can use that as a template to say to these workers at Amazon, look, when you join the Teamsters Union, uh, you're going to be paid and treated just like the UPS members. And here's an exact uh, testimonial of that. So it's very important, not only for, for our members at UPS, but there's some other some other uh, platforms we're going to utilize this agreement uh, in organizing new members, uh, but also setting the standard for every single labor union in the country. Everybody is watching this because, it, like you said, it is the largest collective bargaining agreement in the entire country. So what we do to this uh, in these upcoming negotiations is going to be relative to success in negotiations, not just in the Teamster unions, but many other unions. And it's going to be a template on how we deal with corporate America moving forward. I mean, I've been very vocal and critical uh, on, on the greediness of these corporations not rewarding their employers for making them such a uh, positive outcome on the bottom line of a balance sheet. Now it's time not to demand what we want, but to take what we deserve. And that's what we're going to do in this UPS agreement. Absolutely. I mean, to your point, all eyes are going to be on uh, this uh, contract negotiation. And um, you know, I'm very confident Teamsters will come out with a strong contract for UPS workers. But this strong contract, to your point, once again, does not only mean a great contract for UPS workers, but it, it means a brighter future for workers in general, you know, because it becomes like, you know, uh, a domino effect, right? But in a good way. Right. And look, the one thing like we're doing in the Teamsters Union, uh, nationally, our rank and file members are the strongest link in our chain in any situation, whether it's going into a contract campaign, or lobbying for workers' rights on Capitol Hill. We're only as strong as our rank and file members, and we believe we have the strongest uh, membership that is willing to fight. But also, uh, what, what I know we've been doing as a leadership team at uh, the internationals, we are partnering up with many other international unions. And look, the model is simple. The fight that we're having today as Teamsters may not be your fight, but the fight you have tomorrow, you may need the Teamsters. So we are trying to uh, create a lot of uh, solidarity throughout unions throughout the country so that we can all fight together because this one fight may not be yours, but it could be yours tomorrow. And you want support just like we want. 
No, ab- absolutely. And it can be very encouraging if people see uh, success, which I'm, I'm sure they will. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll continue our discussion with Sean O'Brien. He is general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, a fourth generation Teamster from my hometown of Boston. Check out their website, teamsters.org. Check out Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Are you on one, two, or all three of those? Then you need to be following the Teamsters. Find out more about what they are. Find out more about how you can become one of them, or maybe they need to help you out at your place of business. We'll be back after this. The handle is at Teamsters. I'm Leslie Marshall. Don't go away. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you for joining us. If you've just joined us, we are talking to Sean O'Brien. He is general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, a fourth generation Teamster from my hometown or my home city uh, of Boston. We were talking about the Teamsters UPS contract. It expires next year, covering 340,000 Teamster members. Uh, So much going on with that. Uh, President O'Brien, thank you for holding and welcome back. Um, We are seeing more labor actions than we have in a very long time. If UPS can't or won't agree to a fair contract, what does that say about a company like UPS or any company that won't agree to a fair contract? Well, I know it's funny. Every time during situations, especially most recently, the last eight months for us, whenever we've struck companies, the unions always get blamed for why are you striking this company? Why are the Teamsters on strike over here? I always tell people the Teamsters do not cause strikes. Greedy employers who do not want to listen to their workers who make them a success are going to be the reasons why we strike. Striking is a last resort, but it's very necessary. It's a great, great hammer we have in our toolbox to ensure that we get the best contracts. But look, our goal as negotiators is not to go to any situation and you know, think strike immediately. We want to roll up our sleeves, uh, find solutions to problems, but make sure that we get the best contract for our members. So I want to be clear that whenever a strike happens, it's not the union's fault. It's these employers that do not want to listen, do not want to share the wealth. And I think, especially over the last two or three years, when we've seen record profits for these white-collar crime syndicates uh, known as corporate America skyrocket, our members monies have either leveled off or in some cases decreased and we can't allow that to happen so uh we're going into every situation positive uh with with goals and objectives provided by our members uh and it's up to employers to to meet our demands we here the leslie marshall show have hundreds of thousands of listeners and viewers how can those listeners and viewers support the ups workers well they can support them by number one shipping everything ups I mean, that's going to help us create uh, thousands of full-time jobs. Um, But also, you know, these UPS members, not just the drivers, but we have, you know, 62 or 63% of UPS are part-timers. And, you know, the fight for 15, which was, you know, four or five years ago, $15 minimum wage is antiquated now with the cost of living and, and, and the high cost of everything else going up. So our struggle is to do a couple things in this contract is drive up that, uh, starting uh, part-time starting rate to pay the $20 an hour, take care of uh, the long-term part-timers who make sure these trucks are loaded uh, and the planes are unloaded and loaded uh, to make sure that they have a livable wage um, and also to create more full-time jobs so that these folks can go to work knowing as a part-timer that you know they, they have an opportunity to have a full-time career if they choose at some point. So uh, 
we've got a lot of things on the table at UPS that need to change. And like you said, we've got 340,000 members. You know, we want to make sure that we limit subcontracts. We want to make sure that there's no two-tier wage system. We want to make sure that we protect, preserve, and improve uh, benefits moving forward, health care and pensions. So there's a lot of balls in the air, but we've got a short window to do it. And deadlines are great. We've stated our intentions, like I told you earlier, to the company and to our membership that if we don't have a signed agreement by August 1st, we are not going to work. And, and I love that line in the sand that you put and, you know, you don't cross it. Well, let's talk about another big company that you've mentioned before everyone's heard of, and that's Amazon. Uh, the Teamsters recently announced the formation of a new Amazon division. What are your and the Teamsters plans for Amazon? Well, I mean, we're going to, you know, our goal is to organize Amazon. And it's not just because they're a threat to our largest employer and also the DHLs of the world and the United States Postal Service. But Amazon uh, can't was a 15,000 employee book club 12, 15 years ago. Now it's a 500,000 employee global economy uh, that is touching every single uh, division that we represent within the Teamsters. They're in the grocery industry now with Whole Foods. They're going to be in the railroads at some point, we believe. We believe they're going to be, uh, we know they're going to be in uh, airline and cargo delivery. Uh, so we have to be very smart in how we approach this. And, you know, the National Labor Relations Board, uh, you know, is not the uh, avenue to organize these workers. Amazon has a 150% turnover ratio uh, with their employees, and they focus on distressed communities, uh, highly populated with immigrant workers, uh, so that they can further extort and exploit uh, immigrant workers in this country. So, you know, we've got to be smart on how we organize them. We have a, a, a platform in place uh, that's non-traditional. Uh, we are not utilizing NLRB. We are using worker-to-worker -worker momentum and engagement uh, and disruption of the supply chain for Amazon. I mean, you see a lot of these workers walking off the job in protest because of the conditions and the treatment, uh, which is great for us. And uh, we think we have a great opportunity uh, to organize uh, Amazon in a non-traditional way where we empower workers, when we utilize workers from UPS that do the same job every single day. But the other thing we need to do uh, to organize Amazon is make sure the government holds Bezos accountable. You know, under the Trump administration, uh, Amazon was awarded billions upon billions of uh, dollars worth of contracts uh, for the cloud and not looking to see how they treat the workers. They have the highest rate of injuries at Amazon. They've got the most violations under OSHA. And there's no reason why our government should be rewarding uh, Amazon with such lucrative contracts until they start treating their people a lot better. They also hide behind a uh, independent contractor delivery model where, you know, you don't know who's delivering your packages. We don't know if they're quarry tested, drug tested, or anything else. And if you live in a neighborhood like we live in Boston, uh, they're flying up and down the streets. And, uh, you know, at some point in time, we're going to hold uh, the people that we elect, uh, the government officials, accountable to make sure that they hold. Uh, the Amazons of the world, the Elon Musk of the world, and whoever else uh, is benefiting off the backs of workers. So, um, you know, th there's a there's a multi-prong approach here to organizing Amazon, and uh, we've got a pr pretty good handle on what we need to do. Uh, I don't want to get into the weeds too much on it because I don't want to uh, give our playbook away. But again, we've stated our intentions. We're coming after them. 
<laughs> you talked about people we elect. We just had a midterm election in this country, although it's a slight, very slim majority Republicans will have in the House. Republicans are not normally seen as uh, use uh, as union friendly and, and union supportive. Does that make your job and the Teamsters job more difficult? No, I think what makes the job difficult is forming relationships with people who have formed an opinion that is not accurate. And a lot of the Republicans have formed that opinion uh, of, you know, uh, the unions of the boogeyman, right, of the world. But they need to realize that a lot of their constituents that they represent are union members. And although, you know, they may not agree or we may not agree on a lot of things, I think we can agree that uh, everybody deserves an opportunity. Everybody deserves a middle-class lifestyle with opportunity to send their kids through college, buy a home, and retire with some respect and dignity. So we have uh, we have a lot of uh, inroads to make. I mean, I am very pleased with the outcome of the midterm elections uh, uh, based upon what the predictions were going to be. Uh, I think we have the ability to work across both sides of the aisle for the betterment of working people uh, nationwide. And uh, look, um, the Senate... We're going to put 400 boots on the ground the first week of December uh, in Georgia to ensure that uh, we maintain uh, strict control of the Senate, which we're very uh, grateful for leaders like Chuck Schumer and everybody else, uh, because, you know, they've always been real steady uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, supporting workers and supporting organizing, supporting unions. Look, if we didn't elect those two senators uh, two years ago in Georgia, 200 pension funds across this country uh, would collapse. And it's not collapsing because of mismanagement. It collapsed because there's a loophole in the bankruptcy laws where union pension funds are the last line of creditors when these companies uh, go through this scheme of, of going bankrupt and reopening under uh, you know non-union conditions. So we've got a lot of work to do, but I'm confident that we can reach across the aisle and get some things done still. I want you to talk about the more than 1,400 Teamsters that were at the Teamsters uh, Women's Conference that rallied and surrounded Amazon corporate headquarters in Seattle. They had a message to the CEO, Andy Jassy, and to Jeff Bezos. Uh, can you tell us about that briefly? Well, that was great. That rally was unbelievable. And look, I was brought up by a real strong Irish Catholic mother who raised her three younger brothers in the housing project uh, in Boston, Charlestown. And then she got to raise three just like me. Um, so she is very strong, and there's nothing stronger uh, than seeing 1,400 Teamster women walking down the streets in Seattle outside the headquarters uh, yelling and calling out Amazon. Um, it's probably been one of the uh, uh, proudest moments I've been as a Teamster uh, to see that solidarity. And look, uh, I would put those 1,400 Teamster women up against 14 million men all day long, and I'm confident that... Uh, those women will come out victorious and on top. <laughs> hey, you know, don't mess with the mamas, right? Don't mess with the mamas. My mother's maiden name is Duffy. I hear you. I'm a strong Irish mother. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back. You know, it wasn't wait till your father gets home. It was wait till your mother gets home, right? For me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Sean O'Brien, General President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, fourth generation Teamster from Boston. Uh, we'll be back after this. Check out the website during the break, teamsters.org. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, follow them. We have the time during the break to do that. At Teamsters is the handle. Back in a moment. 
We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. The we is my guest, Sean O'Brien, General President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Check out the website, teamsters.org. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, their handle is at Teamsters. Uh, President O'Brien, you were talking about these women uh, before the break, 1,400 Teamsters, these women at the Teamsters Women's Conference who rallied and surrounded Amazon corporate headquarters in Seattle, and they were motivated to stand up to corporate bullies like Amazon. And you talked about them uh, calling out Amazon. Well, you're not afraid to call people out. You're not afraid to call out some CEOs that you call, have called white-collar criminals. Uh, we've seen you do this at rallies, but we've also seen you do this while testifying in Congress. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, so we, we spoke a little earlier about how the government awards uh, these, these white-collar crime syndicates like Amazon, Tesla, uh, and the rest of them uh, lucrative contracts uh, through the government, and yet they won't hold them accountable. So we were testifying uh, before a, a hearing um, in front of some, some senators and congresspeople, and uh, I was just amazed at how hoodwinked uh, a lot of these politicians are uh, by Amazon, where they make these empty promises of taking care of the communities, building these distribution facilities, and they're proud that they recycle uh, the immigrant workforce over 150% turnover ratio, um, and you know they, they just don't get it. And look, if I'm representing, just like I have a constituency, I represent working people. If a company is not treating our members accordingly, then you hold them accountable. And there's no accountability from the government right now when it comes to Amazon. And, you know, basically just said, look, why do we keep rewarding these white-collar crime syndicates, these lucrative contracts? And, you know, there are a lot of great, great uh, legislatures out there that, that get it, and, and they want to hold them accountable. But then there's some of them that, you know, are just wowed by, you know, uh, the, the fact of Amazon being there. You know, they take a little campaign money, and they're happy, and they think they're the greatest people in the world. We're out here just trying to expose you know, uh, the bad actors. And Amazon's a bad actor, a real bad actor, and they don't understand it. And look, they have a job. They were elected by their constituents to fight for them, fight for them in the neighborhoods, fight for them uh, in Washington, D.C. And by allowing Amazon to uh, exploit uh, and, and deteriorate communities, they're not doing their job. And I always say to them publicly, look, if, if I don't do my job, there's consequences. I'll get voted out and I'll be in unemployment. You don't do your job. We're going to make certain that we get you voted out and you'll be in unemployment just like we would. I like that. I like that. Um, it, it, not just tough talk, but action. You know, you put the action behind the words. Right now, unions have a 71% favorability. We saw in a Gallup poll. We see young workers organizing. Chipotle is an example of that. Speaking of the midterms we just had, we see young people coming out to vote in numbers we haven't seen since Barack Obama was elected president the first time around. Teamsters is a union that organizes. What are your plans to organize and where have you been organizing? Because you got the wind at your back with the scallop poll and these numbers and these young people who have this desire, this thirst that needs to be quenched to organize. So first off, we're organizing, like I stated earlier, we're looking at all the traditional industries that built the Teamsters Union, our core, our core uh, history. But we're also looking outside of, of non-traditional Teamster industries like cannabis. You know, we're organizing the cannabis workers uh, nationwide. A lot of the states, as you know, have legalized marijuana. There's grow houses, there's distribution, uh, there's, there's retail. So we've been uh, very active and successful in organizing those workers as well. But, you know, you look at the Chipotle uh, victory, we had a young lady uh, from Michigan 
who actually, 18 years old, organized uh, one shop uh, in Michigan because she didn't like the way the boss was treating her, didn't like the way the schedules were being set. It wasn't done fair and equitably. And she had tremendous courage and conviction uh, to do this on her own. And she was one of the 1,400 uh, in Seattle that helped March on Amazon. Uh, for me personally, being a fourth generation teamster, I had the, the, the ability and great fortune of learning what it was to be a, a union member, what the union was all about around the dinner table. Uh, for me, it's very exciting to see these young workers who may not have a generational connection uh, to unions, uh, not being afraid to stand up, not being afraid to fight for their rights. Uh, and I think that's very encouraging. You know, that 71% poll that you spoke of, uh, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with this young workforce who are coming in and demanding conditions, demanding uh, fair treatment, defending, de uh, demanding equitable pay. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. And I think all union leaders, regardless of where you are, uh, age, uh, should embrace this next generation. But more importantly, you know, try and teach them the core values of being a union, but also embracing the new ideas and uh, technologies. I mean, I think social media, uh, although, although a lot of us, you know, took a lot of time to embrace it, I think it's very effective, and I think this young generation uh, is using it to their advantage to help organize. Uh, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, a good platform to reach out across the country to talk to uh, other young workers uh, that are going through the similar uh, struggles in the workplace. So I, I love it. I'm encouraged, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the future. Well, there's certainly been a lot of success uh, with organizing, but U.S. labor law is pretty much stacked against organizing efforts. What needs to change? Well, I think, you know, there's been a, uh, I know uh, Senator Schumer has been a champion of uh, passing the PRO Act, which would make it a lot easier uh, to organize, meaning that employers would have to take a, a more neutral stance. But more importantly, uh, we need to change the legislation so that these employers need to be mandated that they have to come to a first-time agreement. Right now, when you organize any company, the average statistic to uh, get a first-time contract is 406 days, uh, which is too long. The process is too long. The employer starts to, uh, you know, retaliate against union organizers, people that were supportive of the union. So it's a process that's broken and needs to be fixed. It's not union-friendly. It's not worker-friendly. Um, so again, we need to leverage our uh, influences uh, legislatively to get these these laws changed so that uh, you know workers will be able to make a choice whether they want to be unionized or not without any retribution or retaliation. So I hopefully that'll be a, a, an agenda that will be taken up in 2023. Well, in order to change laws, you have to be involved with the politicians that write them. And obviously the Teamsters are involved politically. You spoke about Georgia and organizing. So we have that 51st seat. Uh, with Senator Warnock, that he keeps his seat. But you guys were also out this summer rallying with Senator Bernie Sanders, the great senator from Vermont, and the uh, AFA, the Flight Attendance Union, uh, and, and their president, Sarah Nelson. So what were you guys doing out there? Tell us about that, the message that you're trying to get out. Well, we, we, again, um, are just, you know, trying to, trying to educate, you know, the general public on, you know, how greedy these corporations are, how they don't treat workers uh, with dignity and respect. Uh, senator Sanders has been a champion uh, for workers all around this country. Uh, and I'm very, very proud uh, uh, to be working with him. Also, Sarah Nelson, who does a great job uh, representing the flight attendants throughout this country. Uh, we have a lot of similar uh, industries that touch each other. We're, we're entrenched in the uh, airline division where we represent uh, airline mechanics and, and support employees. 
Uh, Sarah has the flight attendants and the machinists uh, have a lot of technical uh, uh, workers there as well. So we've been working in conjunction to try and just organize generally, but more importantly, organize uh, the general public on how greedy these corporations are and how bad they can be for your neighborhoods if we don't uh, take them on and fight. And it's been it's been great. It's been successful. And uh, I'm sure we're going to continue to work together. Senator Sanders, again, has been a champion uh, for workers around this country. What are your hopes, lastly, in our last less than 60 seconds, what are your hopes for the workers of this country? But my hopes are that everybody gets the opportunity that I, that I got in my life and that many of our union members have got, the, the right to a, a, a middle-class lifestyle, the ability to buy a home, the ability to send their children to college, and the ability to res- retire with some respect and dignity and maintain your lifestyle without any worries uh, of where that paycheck's coming in the golden years. So I think we've got a great opportunity to do it. I think we've got a great opportunity to uh, restore a strong middle class uh, and, and you know hold these corporations and these politicians accountable. Wonderful. I have to say, uh, you know, very enjoyable, very educational. Uh, President Sean O'Brien, thank you for being with us today and taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Um, and uh, I know people are going to be motivated uh, by your words today. Sean O'Brien, General President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Now, I mentioned Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram Teamsters handle, but the president has his own. Follow him there at Teamsters SOB. Sean O'Brien, not what you're thinking, at Teamsters SOB. Uh, the website for Teamsters is Teamsters.org. Their handle on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Teamsters. And follow President Sean O'Brien at Teamster. SOB. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you for being with us today. Mark Valdi is our executive producer. We'll be back soon with you, and I hope that you will have a wonderful time organizing your own lives in the end.